Before we start today's episode, there's something important for agencies seeking a reliable way to attract new business, especially during busy periods. I want to introduce you to Leaflow Sprint. It's an eight-week program that simplifies your marketing and consistently attracts the attention of potential clients without requiring a massive marketing budget or external sales teams. With my 17 years of experience in aiding agencies to gain visibility in new clients, this program offers a practical and effective approach to lead generation. Forget about unpredictable leads and embrace a method that works across different agency sizes. And if you're keen to learn more, you need to visit caffeine.club slash LFS. That's K-A-F-F-E-N dot C-L-U-B forward slash L for Lima, F for Foxtrot, S for Sierra. Now let's get into today's episode. When I have a first call with creative agency owners, I hear a lot of frustration about the time, effort and cost involved in traditional lead generation strategies. I encourage them to challenge conventional wisdom and embrace lead strategies to make prospects aware of their agency. And that's what we're going to be discussing in today's episode. You're listening to Espresso, a podcast series from Cathy that delves into how we grow our creative agencies. I'm Charlotte ellis Maldery, a new business and marketing consultant with over 18 years of experience with leading London agencies. So in today's episode, we're going to be covering how we can challenge the conventional wisdom around new business, um, addressing the traditional notion of agency growth and, and questioning whether bigger in the old way means always means better, such as bigger teams, for example. And we're going to talk about embracing lean strategies and we're going to be discussing how agencies can achieve substantial growth without necessarily expanding their team or needing much higher revenue numbers right away. And then we're going to be chatting about a way we've been helping clients recently uh, in Caffeine uh, in a program we call the Lead Flow Sprint and, and really talking about how that's a transformative approach to agency growth for many of the clients that we work with focusing on quality leads and strategic marketing, but in a very light touch and low cost fashion. So first of all, back in the day, and you may, <laughs> this may resonate with you if you've been in the industry a while, the best agency boozy lunches were had by the only non-billable team marketing and new business. I, I know this because I was a part of one of these teams. These teams were fairly autonomous and they often had good strategies around what work they needed to win to get the agency to their growth goal. But they were not cheap to run. They were very manual, very labor focused and very much based on individual relationships. And with that came the genuine fear for the agency owner that if uh, they fell out with their head of new business, they might lose their Rolodex or more specifically the new business pipeline if they left and took it to their new agency. And then with higher overheads and greater competition, the fun times were squeezed and agencies depended on less costly growth methods like referral, organic growth of existing clients, and just waiting for the phone to ring. Um, I mean, I would never advocate just waiting for the phone to ring without doing anything actively to prompt it to ring. But referral and organic growth are still by far the, the best two ways if you are concerned about revenue uh, in the short to medium term, referral and organic growth, you know, using your existing network, still the biggest wins in terms of building your revenue. But that also had a problem. Although uh, it was a lot cheaper as a strategy and a lot less focused on putting all your faith into a single or handful of new business people, 
it meant that the agency was largely out of control of which clients came their way from this way of growing. So that means like they went in charge of the size of the company that they were targeting or waiting for the phone to ring with uh, the industry. And they weren't able to vet properly for chemistry fit because they were so dependent on things just coming their way and, and having to work with them immediately. The other point about this is it it almost always fell back into the founder or the owner's lap because generally they were the the most senior person in the agency slash oldest and they were the one with the network and the the contacts to be able to really grow in this way. And of course, agency owners, leaders, they're the ones who are wearing the most hats generally in the agency as well, which means that it was less likely to actually get done consistently and opportunities would be missed because it wasn't their full remit. And either way you chose to manage new business, the two former ways I just talked through, both options felt very much out of reach for the small agency, especially those under 10 people are looking to scale up. They didn't necessarily have a big network because they maybe were a, a relatively new agency. They didn't have a new business team because they couldn't afford it. They didn't have an external new business partner or any other way of raising their visibility, a PR agency, digital marketing strategy, any advertising, any speaking opportunities. Generally, those things were out of reach for those smaller agencies, uh, which is fine if they were happy, you know, and, and still are happy being the size they are. That's absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with that. But if they were ambitious and they wanted to grow, then they were really left with very few options of how to do that without putting themselves into debt or jeopardizing their profit margins. And at that stage, you know, when you're, you're a small agency, agency leaders are wearing so many hats. It feels like new business never gets enough attention to be fruitful, even if you're really intentionally trying to dedicate time to it. I don't know if you listen to this, maybe you can identify with that. And if so, I really recommend a book called Company of One by Paul Jarvis. You know, he's intentionally keeping his company small, as the, the title uh, indicates. But when I read that for the first time as somebody who runs a micro to small size business, I didn't feel like I was on the back foot. I saw the advantages of that. So I strongly recommend reading that if you just want to get your mindset around that being a positive thing. But the dream coming back to new business and new business strategies and, and raising visibility for agency, the dream is something in the middle between the two ways I just talked about previously. One, having an expensive new business team, raising the visibility, speaking to leads uh, on a consistent basis. And the second being something that depends more on organic marketing, organic growth of existing clients and referrals and just milking your existing network. So the dream is something in the middle, low costs and a high level of control plus accessible to all sizes of agencies. Lower costs mean fewer people involved. A higher level of control means strategy, knowledge of how you'll grow, which kind of clients will get you there, and having the means to raise your visibility with them in a targeted and efficient manner. So now we're going to get onto the portion of the episode where I'm going to talk through how we embrace lean strategies and, and how agencies can achieve substantial awareness and lead flow growth without necessarily expanding your team or needing massively higher revenue numbers immediately. The thing is, it's this kind of dream middle path is feasible and the vast proportion of agencies don't even know it. And it's not just the small ones who are being kept out of the loop, but also larger agencies continue to work in often very inefficient ways when it comes to lead generation and new business. You wouldn't believe how many bigger agencies, and by which I mean 30 plus, you know, up to 250, I will have a chemistry call with them and I'll explain the way we work. And they're like, 
I didn't even know this existed. How is this even a thing? It's crazy that this existed and we didn't even know about it. We like to think that we're ahead in our field. So if you're feeling like you're on the smaller end of the agency scale and uh, you went to worry this just because you're being kept out of the loop, it's not about that. It's just genuinely, there are techniques being used in other industries that just haven't been applied to ours yet in the creative agency world. Normally, because we're so busy just getting on with the damn work. And, and so that's, if you're not familiar already with what caffeine is, this is precisely what we help agencies to achieve. So actually, you just need a, a very few number of things to get this going. Um, I, I'm not going to claim it's simple if you don't have the knowledge, but it's not complicated in terms of the number of uh, aspects that you need to tackle. It's very lightweight. It's very low cost. Uh, it does require some work and dedication to get it set up and get it fine-tuned so it's working efficiently for you in the long term. But it's not overly complicated, and that's how we help clients. So the things that you need are a solid understanding of which target audience is most likely to be tempted to work with you. And normally, this is about your prior relevant experience, your testimonials, results, perhaps your awards. And also, very important, you need a knowledge of which clients are going to get you to your growth goal. It's not necessarily that the, uh, this is something we're going to be investigating more with uh, uh, the clients we work with most closely in our high touch program, Leap Low Sprint, in the next cohort. But it's not necessarily the clients that are the biggest value to your agency. And it's definitely not the clients who are the smallest value to your agency, but it's often um, there's a mid ground where you excel at that work because you've done it many times before. Your studio enjoys it. So you don't have any HR issues worrying about people leaving because they're bored of the work. And because of those two things, and because it's humming along like a finely tuned machine, you are profitable with those clients. But often when we're in the thick of things, it's very hard to identify which those clients are. And as you know, as soon as a, the artwork shipped or, you know, whatever your output is in terms of what you give to your clients at the end of the project, what, what is the shipping of the work? And then it gets filed on the server. We've been so in depth and involved in it. We'd like to forget about it and just get on with the next thing straight away rather than get distracted about what happened in the past. So we don't tend to reflect, do a wash up or especially with the finance team or your accountant, if you're not big enough to have a finance team on whether that was profitable in terms of the amount of hours you spent on it, whether it was the kind of project that you should be working on in the future. And this is what we encourage our clients to do is go back and reflect using financials, using um, that quantitative perspective, but also the qualitative perspective, You know, speaking to your team, speaking to the people on the ground, like the, the most junior people in the agency who were doing the legwork on that project and understanding whether more of those kind of projects are going to make them want to leave the agency because that gives you another problem in the future. So. I'm, I'm not going to get too de in depth on that, but just want to explain to you when I say which clients are going to get you to the, your growth goal, many of my clients immediately say, well, the biggest ones, of course, but at what cost? So I would encourage you to think about not just going after the biggest size clients for many different reasons, also because of competition, but be mindful of what is profitable for your agency. So the combination of those two things where you have the most experience, where clients are most likely to be tempted to work with you, and also which clients are the most profitable for you, the combination of those two things defines your target market. Now, this is an area, it's all three of these points that I'm going to go through are areas that people skip over really quickly and don't do properly and think, 
they think they just know it already. And if they do that, they encounter problems later on. So we encourage clients to take their time over this and really analyze this stuff so that they don't have to do it twice. The next thing they need is a light understanding of sales psychology so that they can build that into the outreach copywriting. So you're not just immediately dismissed as another sales intro. Again, this is unskippable. And I see clients, I spoke to a client this week. He's like, I don't know why this thing is not working for me. And we look at their intro and the tone of voice that they're using, the the language that they're using, the words that they're using immediately flagged to me. Firstly, informal, therefore not being respectful. Secondly, they're using words that are commonly used in typical sales outreach emails and messages on LinkedIn. So when I scan it, I immediately think, spam and and hit the button, hit the bin button. So it's really important that you take time to understand this. And this is what we help our clients with is what is going to help you stand out? What is going to help the client, the prospect that you're reaching out to think, oh no, I, I, I'm going to be missing out if I don't have a chat with this person, if I don't take them up on what they're offering me, if I don't. And at this point, we're not talking about paid work. We're talking about something that is of value to them, resolves a challenge that they have, but you're doing it with no strings attached and no cost. So they, they, what we want is them to look at your email and think, feel a sense of FOMO, be like, mm, the opportunity cost of skipping this email or bidding it is too great. I'm just going to click on it, see where it goes. And then the final thing that you need, and this one's actually the easy one, is you need a, you need a LinkedIn sales navigator account, which about 85% of the agency leaders that I have a sales call with, a chemistry call with, are already paying for. Um, and and not put it into use. In fact, it's a source of guilt for many of those people. Like, don't remind me I'm paying 80 quid a month and I'm not doing anything with it. So we help you really make the most of your uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator account. So if you've got one of those already, this is your cue to, uh, to get in touch and learn about how you can put it to use because you're already spending the biggest investment there uh, every month when you send your direct debit to, to LinkedIn. And then in addition to LinkedIn Sales Navigator, we add on a, a very lightweight piece of technology that helps you to scale your outreach. And that's it. And most of the people we work with in Caffeine's group coaching program, the Lead Placement, have nailed that in eight weeks or less. Just kind of elaborating on that. Think on that. In Imagine in two months, you could know exactly who you should be targeting and why have built a list of 1,200 plus of the exact decision makers you reach out to. There's no kind of ideal user persona, ideal client persona, whatever the word is. I, I forget it now. But actual names and faces, you know, literally seeing a list of all the people that you want to work with. You'll have developed a solid set of copy assets with the ongoing input of our conversion copywriting coach, Sarah Lucille and myself. And you'll have something alluring and a value that means the prospect wants to hear from you. So that's the thing I mentioned before. We get a sense of FOMO around it. And they, the prospect, when they see your email, thinks, well, what's the opportunity cost of me not grabbing this thing? I should just go do it. And sometimes that's even a book. And it's true. The three recent Leapless Break grads are or are about to become published authors after our eight weeks working together, which is just phenomenal that that's even the case. And imagine that in eight weeks from now, you could be starting a conversation with a hundred perfectly picked prospects per week in a way that means they are more likely to pay attention, respond, or do the thing you want them to do next. Book a call, join your mailing list, read your book, 
if you become an author in that period of time. In short, they will be aware of you with no major ongoing expenses or, or, or even external support. And not just that, but we're setting it up in a way where you don't need to do anything but respond to the people who are genuinely interested. The automation is taking care of the rest of it. This approach reduces down the scattergun approach that I see many agencies to take um, because we are working hard. Our team is working hard with you to define who you should want to work with and why. You know, in terms of what this helps you to do, it puts you back in a position of power. There's no over-dependence on flights to new business people, no ongoing fees to external new business agencies, no big, expensive internal teams to pay for. It also makes you consistent. The biggest downfall I see most agencies make is a lack of consistency. The stop starting outreach and the flip-flopping with the new business strategy and the copy that they use. Uh, I don't know if this sounds familiar, but the two kind of common times that I see the flip-flopping and the stop starting happen are, you know, we, many of us go into the new year with a clear intention to do things differently, whether it's joining the gym or whether it's, I don't know, not getting takeout during the week. And for many agency leaders, it's say, okay, well, this year we're going to be serious about new business. We're going to reach out to 10 people per week and then it stopped by the end of January. And I'm, I'm not judging that. I understand why it stops. They are, it's uncomfortable to do in the first place. It feels diametrically the opposite of who they are, which is a creative person generally. Um, sales role, complete opposite of what they're doing. It doesn't feel natural to them. But secondly, consistency is very difficult when you're wearing so many hats and you're really busy dealing with the work that's in the studio. You can't actually deal with um, the pipeline and, and, and queuing up new clients for the future. So it really takes that off your hands because it's, it's doing it in an automated fashion to 100 people a week instead of manual to 10 people a week and then failing. It means you are no longer asking for a sales meeting. And this is really, really important. You know, many people, when they reach out, and again, no judging because they don't really have a lot of experience with this. They're reaching out and saying, hey, I really think, uh, you know, in a manual fashion, thinking back to that New Year's resolution, they're reaching out to a prospect and saying, I think we should work together. Let's have a call. Well, if I'm getting 10 of those emails a day, how how does that make me feel? I want to immediately bin it. Like you've given me no reason to know why I should be working with you. Instead, offering something that is a value to that prospect, that speaks to the challenges they're facing and does it with no strings attached as the opening part of the conversation is a much more effective way to get on their radar and encourage them to take that next step and opens the the opportunity to nurture that relationship through that no like, and trust process to the point where hopefully you get on a chemistry call and maybe put a proposal together and maybe start working together. And I think what's really important that a lot of clients miss out on is they they come to me and they say, we need, we need clients now. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, if you need clients now, lead generation in this way is not for you. This is a long burning strategy. You should be focusing on referrals, growing your existing business organically, and really milking your network, that is going to be the quickest way to fill your new business pipeline if cash flow is an issue. But many of the bigger agencies I work with are really aware that they the biggest focus for them needs to be raising their visibility. So in the long term, their new business pipeline is filling automatically. And this process that we're talking about here helps them to raise the visibility of their agency and generate goodwill at the same time. So there, you know, like I said before, there's no more icky, I really think we should speak chats. In fact, it's it's the opposite. The the person you're reaching out to is more likely to feel indebted to you than vice versa. 
And and plus you are reaching out to hundreds of those people a week and they are filtering down into your new business pipeline. So you're able to nurture people over a longer period of time. You're able to control the flow of new business that's coming into your business, uh, into your agency. And you are, you know, even if you're not seeing that convert into new business, you know, you can rest assured that you're growing your visibility with 5,200 people per year minimum who didn't previously know about you. That is much more effective than hustling hard to get a mention in Design Week or in marketing or to get on the stage at Cannes. You know, these are way, way more targeted, more cost and energy efficient ways of of raising the visibility with the people that you want to work with. Or if you're doing all of those things, it's a nice accompaniment. And I think one of the most important things for me about the, the people that I work with is this approach levels the playing field for the little guy. In fact, it allows you to punch way above your weight in terms of strategy and reach when it comes to raising your visibility and growing your new business pipeline. Just before we wrap up, I want to touch on a crucial opportunity for your agency's growth. As a creative agency, your primary focus should be on delivering exceptional work, not getting bogged down in sales and marketing. And that's where the lead flow sprint comes in. It's an eight-week program designed to streamline your lead generation process, bringing in a steady flow of potential clients to you. No more struggling with the ups and downs of trying to gain the attention of new business. Our program includes hands-on support, including direct input on your copywriting, ensuring a bespoke approach to your lead generation needs. No more feeling stuck in the feast or famine cycle. Our real-time support, including direct feedback on tasks like copywriting, helps you to bid farewell to inconsistently and embrace a lead generation system that's tailored to your unique needs. Visit caffeine.club slash LFS. That's K-A-F-F-E-N dot C-L-U-B forward slash L for Lima, F for Foxtrot, S for Sierra.